Welcome to the Uncensored Society Podcast, where guests share their insights, experiences, and tactics to help you accelerate your business. So building, scaling, and monetizing your business is made easier. And now, your host, Kay Suthar. Hi, guys. Oh, my goodness. I have uh, an amazing guest for you this episode. She is mind-blowing with the work she does for her clients. Now, let me give you a little bit of an intro as to what she does. Now, she works with speakers, executives, and entrepreneurs, and she creates powerful presentation slides that convey what they want to say in an engaging and compelling way. Her clients show up with PowerPoints that are easy to deliver and are memorable. And guess what, guys? She has worked with the likes of companies such as Samsung, PayPal, and a Bank of America. Please welcome Bridget Callahan. Oh my goodness, Bridget, it's so amazing to have you here today. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. Do you know what? I could not wait for us to record your episode, right? Because I know the amazing work that you do, because you also have created amazing presentation slides for me. I mean, they're mind blowing and there is nothing out there in the industry of what you actually teach people, which is crazy, right? But before we get into all of that nitty gritty, and I know you've got so many golden nuggets to kind of tell people today, tell us a little bit about you and what life looked like before you stepped into the world of business? Well, I always wanted to be an artist. I tell everyone since I was a zygote. And so going through school and and just practicing art and stuff, I knew I was going to go to college and get a degree in art, but I wasn't quite sure what the business world would look like for me. I, I actually majored in fine art, but I knew from day one in college, I'm never going to make it as a fine artist. So Our school didn't have commercial art, but I learned it on the side. You know, I did logo design and I helped people with flyers. I worked for the newspaper in college and and I got a job right out of college working for a company as a graphic artist, assisting an art director. And so I learned the ropes on the job as well. And I worked uh, my way through different companies. My second job out of college was working for an event company. And that's where we learned um, how to where I learned how to design slides and this was before computers. So I didn't even know what an event company does. <laughs> and I, I, can I share a quick story? Yes, please do. So um, my first week on the job, they didn't even give me you know, any kind of uh, foundation of what this company does. They just said, well, can you do this? They actually gave me a test and I passed. Wow. So he hands me this globe and it was disconnected from its base. And he says, go home. Here's the black and white paint. I want you to paint the land white and the water black and bring it back Monday. Okay, I can do that. You know, so paint by numbers, basically, right? And it was when MTV just came out. And so I just watched MTV all weekend and painted this globe. Now, it didn't take me 48 hours, but, you know, I I got really intricate because I wanted to do a good job. I come in Monday and the art director says, did you paint the globe? And I said, yeah, here it is. Perfect. Take this down to the photo studio. You have a photo studio? Yeah, down the hall. And so I handed it to the photographer. He puts it on a spindle and and he rotates the globe 12 times and takes still images, right? And I, I mean, I found this out later, but that's what he did. And so then it, it, it the film was taken to the Marin Carroll department, which is, you know, on site there where they convert the slides into colorful, you know, 35 millimeter slides. 
So I'm at my desk a few days later and I hear this loud music. And I said, what's that? He says, oh, they're programming your show. Why don't you go to the theater and check it out? And I was like, you guys have a theater? (laughs) (laughs) And so there's this this producer in there. It's all dark, you know, and it's a theater. It doesn't have a lot of chairs, but it's a nice big screen. And they have 36 projectors, you know, the slide projectors lined up on, on stacks. And they are all pointing to the screen in one area. So a projector takes two seconds to cycle. So this guy's programming on like a ones and zeros type computer, and he's programming these slides to animate. Okay. And so when you think a projector cycles in two seconds, well, 36 projectors cycling at, um, you know, microseconds can get animation. And also they do these panos, panoramas, it's called multi-image. And it's like two slide projectors next to each other. And then one third one overlapping. So you get this seamless pano of this beautiful image. Mm -hmm. And so the music wells up. It was dark and the music wells up. And all of a sudden you see this globe rotating slowly. It's blue and green and and, and the colors are vibrant. And it was uh, for a company called NCR, National Cash Registry. And my heart just like, oh, my God, there's my art on the screen. (laughs) It's like that changed my world. And ever since then, you know, you know, learning from them how to design slides and stuff. And then going on once computers uh, came on, it's like, oh, that's putting the hands of slide design in everyone's lap. And the mm-hmm. I just saw how how the slide design really degraded after that because everyone could do it themselves. And so that's what grew my passion to really, you know, go beyond the graphic design I was doing. Because I've, I've done websites, I've done brochures, we've won awards for our package design and stuff. But it's slide design that I could make the biggest difference because I want to work with a thousand speakers that impact a million audience members. Right. And that's, oh that's, my that's my journey. Right, right. <laughs> and so, I mean, that was an incredible kind of insight for you, I guess, kind of realizing, okay, what your passion actually is and wh- which road you want to go down. Now, did you see that there was... Um, a lack of creativity when it came to speakers creating presentations for themselves. And is that why you wanted to go down this route to teach other speakers? Absolutely. So, um, you know, as I, as I moved on to other companies and stuff, I would get calls from producers who knew I designed slides and said, will you come work on site for our live event and, and, and manage the computers and make last minute changes? And I said, yeah, and I've been doing that for 30 years. And what I love about that is I, I work well under pressure. I don't get um, hooked or, or, you know, upset. I'm like this calming effect when there's more pressure in the room. And so the speaker can come back to me. They're nervous. They're about to go on stage and they need to make a change or they want to check their slides. And, um, and I love that aspect. The problem was I didn't have access to redesigning those slides for them. They were just handed to me and I had to put them on the machine. So I saw like, I'd say 90 for, of all the slideshows that I've ever seen that other people did were horrible. And I saw the effect it had on the audience. I mean, I'm wearing these headsets and I'm on, on, on the headsets with all the crew and I can hear the producer going, Oh my God, not another eye chart. And they're seeing it, you know, from the back of the room and they're seeing the reaction of the audience. I'm usually behind the screen, but in some instances I'm in the back of the room as well. So I can see the, the results that these slides have on the audience. And it, it, it just, it, it deadens their experience. And yet the speakers on there, they've got their notes in front of them because it's on the slides. They know exactly what they're going to say, but they don't realize 
I tell people, if you want to put your audience to sleep, put all your slides on a white background. That's number one. Right. And number two, put all your cheat notes on the slide and that will for sure put them to sleep and they won't remember anything. <laughs> and they'll just, they'll lose respect for you because you didn't practice and you didn't curate the visuals that you're matching to what you're saying. Mm. And so when I create this visionary um, deck for them, it's like, oh my God, I've never seen anything like this. This is so cool. And they get this uber connection with the audience that they've never had before. And they're telling their little strings of stories to the images that pop up. And so they have a a better experience. I mean, you know, you've, you've, um, yeah. use the slides I did for you right That's right and they were amazing and those it was so unique these these slides that you created for me and so kind of outrageous and out there that it, there's no way that it wouldn't actually trigger the audience right that people would want to see what is the next slide because it, it was so unusual right and I even yes. told you what, what was my favorite slide the one that you have the, the ring donuts for eyes right now you never see any speakers use images like that, but it definitely captures the audience for sure. And I can't wait to get um, create more of those and have, you know have you work with me on more of those kind of slides because they are amazing. Now, the thing is, Bridget, I mean, people teach so many others, you know, how to speak, how to speak on stage, right? How to do presentations. But there isn't a single person out there that teaches what you teach, right? So how did you realize or come up with the concept that this was what was missing? Because usually what people do is, oh, that person's been speaking for so many years. They must know what they're talking about. So I've got to do slides the way they do on a white background, right, with loads of text. So how did you realize that? Hold on a second. No, this isn't the way to go. We've got to do something different. Well, it was, it was kind of a struggle because I had, uh, I found a, a, mar- a mentor. He's a marketing executive now retired. And um, he told me flat out, he says, you need to just focus on slides. Don't do any other stuff. Don't do, you know, the graphic design, do just do slides. And I'm like, but, but I like doing all that other stuff. So <laughs> it took me years to wrap my brain around that. And then it, it took more people to tell me, Bridget, you have a really unique gift. You need to come out with that. And what was what I realized it was my struggle in announcing it to everyone, stand on stage and do that is because I always work behind stage. I work behind the curtain. We wear all black. We're supposed to not be seen. We're supposed to be hidden. And so that was my persona working live events. I can't go out there and be flamboyant and say, hey, you should work with me. You know, it was it wasn't um our our trained DNA for working as an event uh, production company. Right. And so it took a lot to say, hmm, can I peek around the curtain? Ooh, maybe I can step on stage. Uh, I wonder if I did tell some people, you know, what could be different if you knew a better way to design slides. And so, you know, that's kind of my evolution. And it's now I'm like standing tall and I'm excited and I've seen the results that that my clients get. And um, the, the big thing too is most graphic designers, most artists don't know how to design slides. Number one, they're not taught it. 
Mm-hmm. And number two, they're using traditional graphic design as the way to lay out and put slides together. And it's a completely different experience. You want to think of slides like I, I create the Hollywood effect. You know, we're looking at projected light. You know, we're looking at a screen that's showing us images. And so we relate it to TV. So when you don't transfer from what how television is created and how it serves up visual content to us, and you just put it graphic design like on a coffee table book or a magazine, you're missing the boat. And and there's there's a lot I could talk about. I could go I could go for hours on it, but that's kind of the gist. So I tell people, oh, we have our own marketing department. We have our own graphic designers. So yeah, and they don't know how to design slides. <laughs> right now, explain to me what. Is your process because I mean these slides are out of the world, right? And someone like me, I can tell you, I would not even be able to think of some of the slides and how you created them and what images to put together and the colors. I could not do that for myself, right? How do you come up with so much different? Okay, all the creative images and the colors yourself and realize, okay, this will is this is what's gonna work and this is isn't gonna work. How do you do that? What is the process? Well, it's from years of, of experience and training and looking at what works and what doesn't work. And and the benefit I have that most graphic designers don't have is seeing those live events, seeing what is served up on the screen and what works and what doesn't work. And so I can bring that. In and and I'm also very sensitive to colorblindness. I'm not colorblind, but one third of all people are colorblind at some sort. And so when you don't consider, you know, you're putting that green text on an orange background, is it going to be readable? And so I instantly know that's not going to work. We need to change the color on that. So I'm very sensitive with color and how it's served up. So that's why the vibrancy of what I create, you know, um, or even the subtlety, you know, there could be subtle uh, designs that aren't like the vibrant what, but they still have a tasteful feel. It's really knowing what fits with the client so that they feel like, wow, this is like a nice suit. You know, I feel comfortable uh, delivering this. And it's it's like an extension of me because that is what your slides are on stage. It's your partner on stage. Right. right. Notes. Yeah. <laughs> And what I've noticed with working with you is that it's the small details that you you tend to see that no one else does. So, for example, there was um, one of my slides where you had an image on there, and I think you 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 expanded it and be like, look, doesn't it look so much better if we expand this rather than having it as small as it was? And it made a world of difference, right? Yes. And it went it went with the slides, the text, and the, and and things like that, but. It's little things like that that I guess we wouldn't really pay much attention to that you can see, right? You have a right. completely different perspective on all of that, which is awesome. So what that is, and you talked about my process, is really simplifying everything. So like if you put three photos on and it's like your family and you just kind of throw them on there, like you threw them on a desk or something, there there could, could be a cool way to do that. But most people just pile images on top of each other. And so you can't really enjoy and consume the images as a singular element. And so bottom line, the simplest one is one image per slide. Okay. If you have to have two or three images that you compare, then there's layouts that you can do that, but don't cover up slides or cover up important information on a slide when you're stacking them. Okay. Mm -hmm. And really the process I do is, you know, I'll ask the client, so what's the most important aspects of this talk? What do you want them to remember? There's probably three things you want them to walk away with and, and point to me those slides. 
And sometimes they can't even do that because they didn't really plan ahead for, well, I want, I, I'm, I'm creating this result for my talk. They don't even think that they're just standing up there talking. And it's like, well, you have to have an outcome. Right. You know, what do you want to happen after your talk? What about a week after your talk? What about, you know, a month after your talk? And it could be like, I got asked back to another stage, or I had a line of people at, at the foot of the stage when I finished and had questions, you know, or they bought my product or they bought, you know, um, they bought into what, what I'm doing and they're going in their life and, and implementing it, right? Like a motivational speaker. So right. it really depends on what is your intention and then how can we meet that visually? Because when you can evoke that visual sensation, that hits the brain 10 more times than hearing or listening to words. Okay. Right. Yes. And so, and tying a visual to when you're talking has us remember more because we're taking that visual image and we're hearing what you're saying. We're mapping it onto that visual. Mm. And I, I can give you a quick, quick example. I saw this one speaker stand, you know, had a slide and it was happy Mickey mouse in front of the magic kingdom. Nice. Says, this is how children see Disneyland. I said, yeah, of course. Happy Mickey mouse. And then the next slide was a scowling Mickey Mouse and his, he had this really mean face and he had his hands in his pockets and all this money was coming out of his pockets. She, she goes, and this is how parents see Disneyland. <laughs> and, the, and, the, and see, I, I remember this from six years ago, right? And the conversation was, Disney is going to raise their prices every year and you're still going to go because your kids love it and you love it, even though you're going to complain about the price, but you're going to pay it. Because because of what Disney offers. And so she was talking about that as far as raising your rates for your products. You know, it was a great entrepreneurial conversation about money. It was just two images, no words, her talking to it. Right. Oh, wow. That's that's powerful. That is. Now, mm -hmm. you mentioned about offers, right? And mm -hmm. when Pete, when speakers actually create the slides or hire you to create the slides for them, most of the time, is because they're trying to sell a program. They have an offer, right? Mm -hmm. And so what have you seen with, say, your recent clients where changing simple things on a slide, right, and making it not just engaging but something that they want to know more about, has it made a difference from going from the traditional bullet points, uh, white background, to then creating these kind of slides? Well, I think it it, it it evokes that limbic brain, that emotional brain. And, and that limbic brain doesn't have a voice. It doesn't work with words. It's with emotions and, and um, compel, co compelling stuff. So, for, for example, you probably bought something in the past. You probably heard someone talk and you bought it. And something you heard is like, oh, I have to have that. Right. You know, that's kind of right. what you were thinking, but it was just yeah. like, oh my God, where, where do I click? You know, I, I think I need this. I've been looking for this everywhere. It's that kind of thing. And, you know, there's certain thoughts where you have to create tension. And I, I've heard some people say you, you put up your offer on the screen and then take it away. Yeah. But wait, wait, I was still looking at that. You know, you take it away. Like you create this uh, fear of missing out. You better sign up now. It's right. the, the offer's yeah. over, whatever. And, you know, I, I believe that stuff works, but from a heart center, you know, it's like pressure mm. and I rather evoke the emotion, Yeah, you know? And so that's, it's kind of like a little child, you know, um, did your parents read you a book when you were little and you couldn't read Did they read to you? Yeah, they okay, did. So, you know, and what was the one thing you wanted to do as they read it? Let me see the picture. I want to see the dragon. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so we didn't need to see the words. We needed to see the pictures and that's why children's books are so engaging. 
you know, they're tying the two together. Yeah, and, and you're right, because there's even books out there where it's just images, pages up, no words, just images. And you can create that story from looking at the images, but you can't do that with just words necessarily, right? Um, and, and so, yeah, I can totally understand where you're coming from there. Images and colors is so important because we create the stories in our mind. Yeah, my sister and I had a game when we were driving to Utah from California. It's 12 hours. Mm -hmm. And we saw some really great vistas of clouds. And I said, what do you see in that cloud? And and we we would say, I see this. He's like, oh, yeah, I see what you see, but I also see this. And so it's like engaging our imagination and, and having fun, <laughs> you know. Right, right. And so tell me this, what kind of difference has... Um, it made to your clients from going from the old presentation slides to then creating these fabulous slides, what changes have they actually seen? Well, I had one client that um, didn't consider herself a speaker, even though we were both in the same program to learn how to speak to sell. And she did a three-day event and I was there and my other client was a speaker at her event. And when he got up to speak, the whole room went to the back of the room to buy his product. And she was lackluster. She was kind of, you know, frumpy in a way, like she just wasn't connected with the audience. Mm. And she called me two weeks later, she says, I want slides like Jonathan. And I said, well, I can, I can do that, but you also have to bring it. And yeah. so she worked with me on the slides. We spent 30 days working on the slides and she worked with someone else as well, you know, speaker coach, but um, she really got connected to her material and she really saw how it's just strings of stories. All you're doing is talk, telling strings of stories and they're tied to those images. So you don't have to read words. You don't have to um, remember, what do I say next? The slides can be your cheat notes as far as the images go. It's like, oh, you're showing the image of me on stage getting an award uh, for working at Kodak. Yeah, tell that story, you know? Right. Or, or now you're showing this dinghy out in the middle of the ocean and it's raining. That's when you tell that frightening story <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> right. And it does take practice, you yeah. know, but when you practice, I made her practice every day for 30 days and, and it was a, a 30 minute talk. She had to send me the recording every day. And when she finally got asked to be on stage to 75 people who paid $20,000 to be at this event each. So it's not like they have a money issue, but she also had to sell a product at $2,000 in a 30 minute talk, which is very unusual for speak to sell. And I said, well, you know what? I'm not sure if it'll work, but let's give it a try. And she did sell um, about 6,000 that first event. But the big key was she got asked back. They loved her so much. She was so engaging that her slides just didn't look like anything they've ever seen before. It really spoke to her audience. So the next time was to 300 people and she made $72,000 in a 30 minute talk. What? Wait, say that again. How much? $72,000 in a 30 minute talk wow. selling her $2,000 product. That is insane. Okay. Yeah. Now, there's something else I want to talk about very quickly, um, which I find is hilarious, but at the same time, makes so much sense. But you don't believe in using bullet points in your presentation. No, bullets kill. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. So you don't use because bullets kill, right? And so the thing is, every single speaker out there, apart from yourself and all the clients that you teach, use bullet points explain why it's so bad to use bullet points well it's the typical list 
you know, this is what I'm going to say. I'm going to show you everything I say, and then I'm going to read it to you. And so here's the thing. When you put text on a slide, we are compelled to read it. Right. We can't help but read it. Okay. If, if we don't want to read it, we cover our eyes and look away. But the problem is, so now you're compelling them to read it. So they're reading it. So they can't hear what you're saying. So stop talking. Ah, okay. So, all right. So that's the reason why you don't have so many words on um, a slide because all of a sudden they just, they stop listening, right? And they're concentrating Correct. on what they're reading and you don't want yep. that. You want them to listen to the words that you're actually saying. Well, have you ever been reading a book and someone interrupts you? Yeah. Or they're talking to you and you're reading a book and you're not listening to them. And they say, hey, aren't you going to listen to me? Right. And you're trying to stay focused in the reading. It, 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 it's that tension that's that's created. Uh, okay. Awesome. So there's no collaboration in that. It's, it's like uh, adversarial. Okay. Right. And some people think, oh, that's how you sell. It's like, okay, well. I didn't buy through that, but you know, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Now, I know, Bridget, at this point, people are probably thinking, oh my goodness, how do I learn more about presentations and how do they get in contact with you? So, where can they go to connect? Well, I have a YouTube channel and I share some uh, free content on there on how to do stuff, but I also have some other talks that I've done and, and webinars that you can um, pick and choose to use. Um, and if you spell my name, right, Bridget, B R I G E T T E, and then Callahan, you'll, you'll find that YouTube, um, but we're going to provide the links, I think in, in the notes if we can, but my website that I teach at is called create slides that And some people, well, I don't sell. I said, well, we're all selling an idea. You know, people not, might not buy what you're selling, but they might be in, in engaged. So don't get triggered by the slides that convert term, you know, it's so funny how people are, you know, I, I had a website, the perfect pitch that sells and said, I don't like that. It's too pitchy. And it's this and that. So I changed it to presentation design expert.com. And I used to have that site as well. So I have, cause I design my own websites and I design websites for clients. It's easy for me to put up websites, but the create slides at convert.com is a membership site. There's no charge to be a member. It's how you get access to my content. And there are products that you can buy, you know, like uh, master classes and stuff like that are there. So go there and check it out. Brilliant. Awesome. Thank you so much for that, Bridget. And guys, all the links that Bridget has mentioned will be in the show notes below. Um, and she's got a fabulous freebie as well. Make sure you go and check that out. Again, the link will be in the show notes. Um, make sure you get the download for that. Make sure you connect with it and learn so much more. If you're a speaker or an inspiring speaker and you want to be making money on stage, you need to connect with Bridget. It's so it's important. So, so important. Thank you, Bridget, for coming on um, to our podcast and on our show and giving us so many golden nuggets. It was amazing to have you here. Thank you. Can I, can I give you one final thought? Oh, please do. Your success is by design. Ooh. Okay. I like that. There you go, guys. Very important. Your success is by design. Go and connect with Bridget. It is an absolute must. Thanks once again, Bridget. Thank you.
Thanks for listening to the Uncensored Society podcast at www.uncensoredsocietypodcast.com. Make sure you hit that subscribe button so you can get this and every other episode that's coming out. We have lots of great stuff coming, so make sure you hit subscribe so you don't miss it. And thank you in advance for all the reviews and comments. I appreciate it so much and I look forward to serving you in next week's episode.